What's going on, team? Welcome to an episode of the Keep Going Podcast Season 2. This is your co-host, Luke Wheat, coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Before the show starts, make sure to follow us on our socials. Okay, Twitter, the Keep Going Pod, Insta, the KG Podcast, and YouTube, at the KG Pod. Just a reminder that we are not psychiatrists and not psychologists, just a couple ex-athletes trying to make a difference and end the stigma of mental health. Thank you guys for listening, and let's get to the show. That keep going moment. My keep going moment. That's my keep going moment. Let's keep going. What's going on, team? Welcome to an interview episode of the Keep Going Podcast, Athletes Shining a Light on Mental Health. I'm your host, Luke Wheat, coming out of Knoxville, Tennessee, and I'm joined today by no other than Dr. Ansel Sanders, president of West School of Knoxville. How are we doing? Hi, Luke. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. No, of course. Great to have you on. Great to get your perspective on some stuff. Um, every week, we like to start off with a, a weekly mental health check, right? And so for me this week, I've been reading a book. I think I've got it right here, actually. Um, it's called Conscious Coaching. So this mm. is kind of a book I've been going through. I mean, it's all about self-introspection, you know, got to know yourself to be able to lead others. So that's kind of what I've been getting into this week. What about you? Yeah, that that's great. I'll I'll continue on the book front. I've um, well, actually, it's more more of a podcast type thing, but I want to read okay. the book. It's it's called Essentialism. Okay, and it's it's really about you know just kind of the, the art and the science of boiling down what is essential to you and and how to say no sometimes. That's that's hard for me. It's a difficult Luke. thing. I, it, it is, it is. And, and so um, that's one thing. And then, you know, for me, uh, my family, we've got three little girls, um, third, third grader, fifth grader, sixth grader. And I think spending family time is a, a wonderful way uh, to, to really remind yourself what matters, uh, what really matters. And that's good for mental health and good for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that essentialism point. Um, saying no is difficult. And I think yeah. a lot of educators struggle with that. Um, you yeah. have a kind heart usually whenever you're educating and you want to make an impact on somebody's life. And I can tell that just with my interactions and you and, and how you kind of move around the school and how you're bopping around and, and touching everybody, right? You're touching all parts yeah. of the campus. Um, while doing that, you still got to set your, your personal boundaries, right? Yeah, and and keep it. yourself, um, Keep yourself motivated by keeping yourself happy, right? I think that's really important. So I love that. That's um, that's, that's exactly right. And the the three girls, man, tell me how they're doing. <laughs> they're they're new to web. They're new to web. How are they? How are they yeah. feeling about the campus? Are they loving it? Yeah. Thank thank you for asking about that. Yeah, we moved to Knoxville um, in July, I guess. And so yes, they they all go to to web school here, and they're selling really well. So far, so good. And it's because, I mean, it's because they're teachers. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, shout out to, to you. I know you don't teach them yet. Yet. But, yep. uh, they, a couple of years from now. <laughs> they, they'll, 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 they're waiting in the wings there, but they, they've just been embraced by everybody here from the teachers to their classmates. I think such a neat thing about this school at the faculty level and at the student level is uh, they, they want other people to come into the mix and be part of this community. They care about that. They want to see each other thrive and, uh, and do well. And so that type of culture and atmosphere is, is just perfect for, for, for really any, any kiddo I'd say. And, Absolutely. Uh, and certainly it's, it's been great for my girls. So Absolutely. Uh, excited I think, uh, that they're doing well. 
Yeah, I think I think this school. One word that comes to mind for me is collaboration. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at the other schools I've been at, I don't know if I ever spoke to a middle school teacher about what they've been doing in class and how that kind of parallels what I've been doing in class. And I, I had those conversations quite a bit here. Um, yeah. It, it's an amazing place. So. Agreed. Web school is amazing, and I, and we will talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. Um, but I do want to touch on on your athletic career a little bit and let you kind of pat yourself on the back. We've got a Washington <laughs> and Lee General All American here with us, um, Dr. Sanders. Kind of kind of walk me through your your collegiate career. So one thing that I want to know specifically, you know, All American. Yeah. To me, to be an All-American, the NCAA really prides itself in in setting leaders up for that position, right? Not just athletic talent, but also academically. And, um, you know, you want to be a leader on the team if you're going to make that All-American. So I assume you were. How did you lead the team back in the day? Oh, man, yeah. And it was back in the day. That's for no, sure. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely back in the day. Hey, I graduated from college in 2004, so it's definitely – Hey, really I didn't ask you. I didn't ask day. you to put a date I, on I, it. I, I didn't ask that. No shame. No shame. But, uh, uh, you know, it, I played lacrosse in college and um, played for just the, the, the most wonderful coaches and had just the best, best teammates. And so any – Gosh, any kind of personal success and, and, and accolades that I receive is really just a reflection of, of, of the team that we had and the coaches that I, that I had. You know, I, didn't, I didn't play a lot of lacrosse growing up. Um, I really started getting serious uh, playing lacrosse in high school. I played a ton of soccer growing up. And, yes, and I played all kinds, of, all kinds of sports, but really my first kind of love was soccer. And – it wasn't until till, um, actually middle school, really late middle school, that I found out what lacrosse actually was. I had an incredible middle school teacher. And I really, if you peel back the onion on, on me, Luke, one of the reasons that I went into education in the first place is because of this guy. You know, his yeah, name shout him out. Shout his name David, out. Let him know. Yeah, David Breslin is his name. And uh, he was a, a social studies teacher in my middle school. And he, Luke, was actually an All-American lacrosse goalie okay. at a school called Ohio Wesleyan University, which uh, in the 90s was like a powerhouse uh, Division Three <laughs> lacrosse program. So he knew his They're stuff. Really, really he good. knew his stuff. He knew his stuff. And um, he brought his, his goalie stick to school uh, one day, and a bunch of us were just fascinated by this, this thing. I grew up on, on the coast in Virginia. Yeah. And uh, we did a lot of water activity. And so I thought I thought his lacrosse stick was actually a, a fancy crab net. I thought, <laughs> it was, you know, I, I just didn't really know what that was. But because yeah. because I just adored adored uh, Mr. B, as we called him as, as a person and as a teacher, um, I quickly kind of gravitated towards what he excelled at. And, and that was lacrosse and more specifically being a lacrosse goalie and so when I went to high school I went to a uh, an all-boys boarding high school in Virginia called Woodbury Forest School which is a school just north of Charlottesville and like everybody played lacrosse there yeah and so I was like well that, that's kind of what I want to do too and well well I want to play I want to be a goalie just like Mr. B so I kind of stumbled my way into playing playing uh lacrosse and that position and the more I play, the more that kind of that took the place of soccer necessarily. But I really mm -hmm. became more fascinated 
in lacrosse and and uh, had the opportunity to play at Washington and Lee. So I was really kind of raw as a player coming into college and um, really learned uh, the, the nuances of the position and of the game and the work that it, that it would take to, to, uh, to, to, you know, be a successful team and a successful goalie through, through college. And um, <laughs> I mean, I'll never forget. We had this just powerhouse team my freshman year. Yeah. And um, I was, I saw, I saw what excellence looked like uh, because of those seniors um, who led that team and they brought me under their, their wing for sure. And, um, you know, the, when they graduated, our, our coach at the time actually moved on to, to, uh, to coach at another school. So my sophomore year, it was this new it face. Felt like a, yeah. yeah. It felt yeah. like a bit of a ragtag group coming back. <laughs> And and we had a brand new head coach. Um, shout out to Mike Serino, who uh, who was who was my coach. And uh, so we were kind of looking at each other. It's, it's you know one of the all time great senior classes that graduated. A phenomenal coach had graduated and or, or had moved to moved to coach another school. And there we were. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there there I was between the pipes. You know, um, playing at WNL, which is a really competitive program in school at the division three level. And, um, somehow we got it done. You did it. And we, we, (laughs) we we did really, really well that, that, uh, that year that, um, my sophomore year. And, and because I think we were, we, we, we kind of pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and figured out how to, how to be successful and looked ourselves in the mirror and put in the work and supported each other. And, uh, we're, we're vulnerable enough to know where we were weak and where we could, where we could, uh, build goodness. We really thrive. And that set the tone for junior year and senior year. And I, I just, I kind of found more and more success, um, yeah. throughout those two years. And, uh, that's, that's kind of my, my, my story. A little oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Hey, I love that. And, uh, you know, you were kind of right to say that, especially for the all American status, your team has to do well for you to be able to get that All-American status, right? Um, But the goalkeeper position is is a big part of that. And I don't know how you you say it in lacrosse, but the goalkeepers in soccer, that's what I played, and and Jared Ziegler over here at Webb played as well. You know, we're the crazy guys on the team, right? (laughs) You you have to have a a fine balance of willingness to just lose it all or win it all at any moment, right? You've got to be able to commit or hold back, and you got to make that in a split second. Um, Yeah. And, and that can cause some stress and that can cause some anxiety. Um, whenever I was playing college soccer, I, I went through a lot of that. And I was, I was a positive person, you know, outwardly, but I think inwardly I had a lot of negative self-talk um, just kind of because of that stress and because of that um, anxiety buildup. You know, what was, the, what was the mental health atmosphere like at Washington and Lee and on the lacrosse team? And, and how did you deal with that stress kind of from the goalkeeper position? Yeah, you, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you you were a goalie as well, Luke, so you can you can empathize in, yes, in some ways. You <laughs> yes. know, it's it's uh, you know in lacrosse, it is as a goalie. You know, the the game is built for for scoring. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a high scoring game, and so you know, a shutout, zero goals against, just doesn't happen. 
you know, and, uh, you know, it's not like a hockey goalie where you got a ton of pads and you kind of fill up the goal, which is a yeah. six by six goal. And, you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world and I don't have a ton of pads on. And so, you know, you're going to get scored on and don't sell yourself short. Don't sell you yourself know, short. I, I, made, I made some saves here and there, yeah. but, um, you know, you know, we got, we got by, but I, you know, I, I think you have to come to terms with, with failure when you're, when you're a goalie, particularly a lacrosse goalie. And um, I've done some coaching and, 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 and of course played a lot in college. And one of the first things that my coaches really drove into me was this notion of getting the next one. Yeah. You know, it's like there, there, there is an inevitability to getting scored on own that and get the next one because, because the next one's coming right down your throat really quick, you know? So if you sit there and, and, and are in your own head and, 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 and let the mental game kind of lapse, you know, then, then that is going to emanate out into your, to your performance. And so I I think most of playing a goalie uh, or playing, playing as a goalie has, has a mental side to it. And so if you have some of that fortitude, um, and understanding and, and have the requisite type of support around you to pick you up when you have those natural moments where you're like, man, I am off. Cause some Absolutely. days, you know, the, that ball looks like a beach ball and you're saving yeah. everything, you know, other days it looks like a little, a little feed and, and you can't do yeah. it. So you're going to have those days and you're going to get scored on. The question is not if you get scored on, but what you, what you do, what yeah. you do next, how do you get the next one? And so, I start there because that philosophy was really supported um, by my coaches and and my team. And then Washington and Lee as a university, kind of like Webb, is a real high trust relational place. Yes. It's small. It's intimate. People know each other. People are, are kind and supportive of you. There's um, a real kind of drive for excellence, but there's a lot of requisite support to, to meet those expectations. So both on the team and at the school, I felt like, you know, I had the type of, of, um, of support and capacity to put myself out there and try to do my best in a pretty, a pretty thankless position where you will get scored on all the time. Absolutely. I had, I had kind of an interaction with um, one of my college players the other day so I'm coaching the college goalkeepers at Maryville right now yeah and we were at center college up in uh Kentucky yeah, yeah. decent yes. really good program really good yeah. program they have a new field great facilities a lot of top recruits go there and so we get the shutout win two to zero but there was a moment when my goalkeeper he went up tries to catch a cross right falls under his hands goes between his legs defender has to clear it out out of a million people in the box all this after the game, you know, we're talking. I don't mention that kind of stuff right after the game. I kind of let it settle down. But one of the defenders yeah. looked at me, and he said, be honest, Coach Wheat. What would you have done if Michael gave up a goal there? I said, it's on to the next one, right? That You can't focus on that past failure. Um, yeah. And we have a lot of athletes now, you know, especially Maribel. There's two or three guys on there I can think of, and we spoke about this personally with them. You know, they're dying for that first goal. And it's all they can think about. It's all they can think about, right? You got to go through the process, though. Can you go through your steps, get in the right positions, and that first goal will come? Um, yeah. But, yeah, that, that's amazing. And I just want to touch on that athletic career a little bit um, just to let people know what your background was as a leader, yeah. right? You, to me, 
if you're a goalkeeper, you kind of have that intrinsic thought all the time of how do I help the team? How do I help other people get better? Yeah. Um, and so your career, right? You go through Washington and Lee, um, you come out and you decide to go into education. Um, tell me, tell me exactly where you started. Was it Baltimore? Yes. Yeah, it, it was. I, I joined this program called uh, Teach for America, yeah. which which is a, a, a national organization that, that places recent college grads in, in, uh, in public schools, in public school districts. Yeah. And so I went and taught at uh, Roland Park Public School in Baltimore, Maryland. I taught eighth grade English there uh, straight, out, straight out of college. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. That's a great introduction uh, to the educational field. Um, that's fun. I've taught yes. eighth grade myself. Um, I'm not as I'm not organized enough as a person to be able to teach eighth grade. That I was taught that very quickly. We had a great well, time, but it, it made me work on myself a lot teaching eighth grade. Well, I remember I remember when uh, so Helen, who, who's my wife, you know, when when she and I started started dating and seeing each other, you know, she told her parents, "Hey, you know." I'm, I'm, I'm dating this guy Ansel, and you know he, he was he was a lacrosse player at, at WNL because she went to WNL as well. He yeah, played lacrosse there, and he's teaching eighth grade right now. And his parents were like, "Wait, wait a minute, wait a." Minute. Her parents were like, "Wait, he was." We got some questions. Anyone yeah. who wants What's... to play lacrosse goalie and loves teaching like eighth grade. You know, what, what's, what's up? I need to do Is he something. a glutton for pay? I'm like, what's yeah, going on here? Yeah. <laughs> and what does that say about him? I don't know. What is that? That's, that's right. It's a totally valid question. They absolutely should have been concerned. <laughs> they had to get in the weeds there for a second. They said, bring yeah, this guy in for really, dinner because we're yeah, going to, we're putting him to the test here. We're putting him on the fire real quick. No problem oh. with that. Totally, <laughs> totally understand. I'll probably ask the same questions my own daughter's one. Day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you spent you spent a year there for eighth grade, and, and you you bounced around a couple places while you were getting your doctorate from Harvard. Um, that was in um, educational leadership. I mean, you spent some time at Woodbury, um, where you had graduated mm-hmm. from as as the assistant headmaster and, and dean of students. So for me, you know, you've had this background of, of being able to set the precedent, right? You've been able to set policies for schools. And, and one of the things I love that you've done and come in here is our phrase that um, you've kind of put into, into play here, right? Community, connection, and care. Yeah. Um, one of our first sponsors was Community Company. Um, and they're down in Athens, Tennessee. And they're, I used to be a skateboarder. And they're kind of, they're a skateboard-ish company, but more focused on, community events, how can they help their community in a positive way? There's there's a skateboarding aspect, but that's that's what they're about, right? How do they bring positivity to Athens, Tennessee? So touching on community connection and care, um, I, I'd love for you to talk me through the process of that and, and kind of selecting those three words. And, and, you know, why was that important to you? Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I'm so glad you, you brought that up. Um, you know, I was trying to think about what what's kind of a, a way to capture, you know, the the essence of this place, and, and what what is the soul, you know, of, of Web School, and I um, have done a lot as much kind of listening and sponge like work that I can to, yeah. to observe and listen and ask questions um, and really get under kind of the, the hood of of this place. And I, I started that 
you know, this summer and, and, and really have tried to extend that um, during my, my brief tenure here, this first year, well, it's for first, first several weeks. <laughs> We're here. Really. Yep. You're and, here. Um, I think as I, the more I listened uh, about what was on people's minds and what, what draws people to this place is that it, it very much is, is uh, a community that is grounded in uh, folks who care about one another and what they do and that they want to, they really deeply want to connect with people. They want to know, uh, they want to know each other and be known. Uh, they want to, they want to challenge each other and be challenged and they want to love each other. And so uh, to me, as I kind of started my tenure here, um, you know, I, 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 I wasn't interested in kind of talking about some specific program or something. I really wanted to get back to the essence of who we are, which is a, which is a community that values connections and cares for one another. And so I, I, that, that made sense to me. That resonated with me. It resonated with, with others I, as I kind of batted it around and then Absolutely. tried to try to introduce that um, to, to our faculty and to our staff at the beginning of the year and kind of uh, provided an opportunity to, to take that and translate that into their own own classrooms and their own work and their, their relationships with the kids that we serve on a daily basis. So Absolutely. I think it's resonated. Um, and, and it's, you know, hopefully we can on, on a daily basis, you know, whether it's at the, the policy level or at the, at the classroom level, those, that's, that's kind of a, um, a, a mantra that we can think about that can serve as kind of a lens or a filter for, for what we do. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, we've been doing um, cultural comparisons in um, AP Spanish right now. And, and a lot of that is looking at yourself and looking at your culture and kind of, you know, it can be as big as the United States or it can be as as small as, as your family, right? And so some of the things we've been talking about in class are, are school and education um, and, and what does your family do to connect with each other? And so mm -hmm. we kind of see those same themes being brought up in Spanish class and, and being brought up in a lot of different other classes as well. Um, so tell me this, you know, you, you have community, you have connection and care, um, which is the best C though, which is the best. <laughs> which, <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, as, as you remember, I, I gave out a book at the beginning of the year to, yep. to, to every faculty member and, there's a bookmark in that book, and where is it? I've got it. Got I'll it show it to you. Yeah, I got it. There, yeah, there you go. It's called Teaching with Fire, and and there's that bookmark up there, Luke. Pull yeah. that out. And, uh, yeah. It's got a little logo on there with the Spartan head, and then it's you know the three words surrounding it. So I didn't want to have to put them in some kind of order. Okay. Or, okay. Or, you, you got know, around it. A, you got around a circular it. Circular thing going on there, you know. <laughs> Uh, I should have been more in, uh, intentional about looking at the logo. I would have known that. I would have known uh, that. You know, I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, one one feeds the other. You know, you, you can't have a community if you don't have people who care about one another. You know, you, you can't have deep connections if you don't care about one another. And a community is built of people feeling who feel connected. And so there's these things intersect and feed off of one another. Um and, and they're all really important in their own right. Absolutely. And I think um, that's one thing you're charged with as an educator, right? Making sure that every kid in your class is kind of heard and, and making yeah. sure that their opinion is brought up. And, you know, it's it's a tough thing to do sometimes because some kids are more introverted. Some are more extroverted. you got to navigate those relationships. And, you know, if 
if you feel like they're not getting involved in group discussions and you got to make that time outside of class to get connected with them. Um, and it, that's you, part of the book I'm, I'm reading right now, conscious coaching and, and part of a yeah. couple other books I've read. Um, it all talks about, and it all goes back to the relationships, mm. right? It's it, people have to have a reason they're going to listen to you, you know, and it can be because of how much, you know, or it can be because of how much you care. It can be because of both. So, so as long as you've got that care piece um, and you, you establish that early, I think that's one of the most important parts of being an educator. I mean, I, and I see that with you and, and how you've interacted with people around campus. Um, something we do on the keep going podcast, actually it's, it's our big thing on the keep going yeah, podcast. Yeah. It's our name, right? What is a time in adversity of your life that you've overcome? What is your, your keep going moment? Yeah, what has got you oh. where you, you, where you're at today? I mean, there, there, there are a lot of them for sure. That's what when, a lot of people when, say. And so there's a lot of them, but I, I will tell you, I'll, I'll go back to the, to the Washington Lee lacrosse days. I, senior year, um, we were coming into the season and, and we were feeling really good about our, about our team. Uh, we, we were talented. We were confident. Uh, we had, several of us were returning all Americans. I was a captain. Like, it was just like, we were set up for success. Set up for success. Oh yeah, man. Like we, and we were, we were ready to roll. Yeah. We were thinking national championship, like, or at least I was, I mean, we were, we were, we were were poised for that. And we had a great class. And um, anyways, we, five games into the season, we're two and three, you know, and, that's a tough, and it's tough. Scratching our heads a little bit. And I, and I will, I will never forget. Um, we had just won this triple overtime road game um, against the team that quite frankly, we should have just torched. I mean, there, we just had no business going into three overtimes and, and thankfully we, we pulled it out, but it was, it was one of those games. It didn't feel, it didn't feel good, you know? My boy Mark McCluey scored the game winner. I Come remember. on, Mark! And I was just like, <laughs> "Come on, Let's Mark! Get out of here!" So, anyway, he bailed us out. Mark did, and we needed um, him. We were about to get on the bus after the game, and uh, Coach Serino pulled aside uh, the captains, and it was myself, um, Dustin Martin, Lawson Grumbine, and Jimmy Zunka. Just great guys, great yeah. friends, great lacrosse players, and great leaders in their own right. And and coach basically said, "Look, this is this is the time." I mean, he was like, "This this this is a moment where you guys have to own this, and you 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 all have to decide what kind of season you want." You know, I can't play for you. I mean, you you've you've heard versions of this yourself, but yeah. it was you know, a very much like, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep going um, in a positive direction yeah. or, or in this kind of complacency direction? And he was holding us accountable and basically saying like, I'm, I'm here, you know, this is, this is y'all's, you got one more year at this. How do you want to do it? And I think you know, it didn't take, a, it wasn't a long talk, but it was a needed talk. Yeah. You know, we were cared for by him, but we were being held accountable and we needed that, that moment for us to decide what 
what our keep going was going to be. We're going to yeah. keep going kind of in the same old, same old and just waiting for somebody to show up. You know, they were so good and all this. Well, maybe we weren't that good. We had to figure yeah. it out. Absolutely. And at that point, at that point, that was a turnaround moment. I mean, it was a turnaround moment. It was a reset opportunity. Uh, and we could have gone one or two directions. And thankfully, we got our act together, kind of looked in the mirror, you know, uh, kind of stripped it back down and, 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 and actually just got some humility for goodness yeah. sake, you know, Absolutely, and, yeah. uh, and went on, oh man, I think we, I think we won like 12 games in a row after that. Oh, come on um, now. Yeah. One, one, one hour end of the year, one hour conference, won our conference tournament, went to the quarterfinals of the NCAA uh, tournament, um, and, and had a great kind of remainder of the season. And, yeah. and um, that's one of many keep going moments that I'll remember um, awesome. as, as a player, but actually as a, as a, as a person um, and awesome. as a professional, you know, these awesome. look in the mirror moments where yeah. you're at, you're at, you're in the trough, you know, and you have to decide and there's no way to go but looking at yourself. Hey, I'll, I'll ask you, how many times did you do that after your eighth grade class? Right? I mean, how many how many days after oh. teaching eighth grade for the first year, you're just looking in the mirror yeah. and just being like, oh, man. man, that was the worst day I could have ever had. You know, like, like that, just, that's tough. But you got to show up in the morning at eight Dude. o'clock or at 730 and, and you got to get back at it. Right. And, and that's Dude. what it's about. Your reaction to the event. That's um, right. Well, Ansel, I appreciate you coming on here and being super candid with us, being vulnerable with us. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do to get on here and, and kind of talk about that stuff. So I appreciate you. And we always ask guests this, you know, we've been on here for about 30 minutes now or so. If there's one thing you want to tell our guests or one thing you want to tell our listeners, I should say, education wise, athletic wise, what, what would you tell them? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll end with where we started, you know, what have we done for, for your mental health? I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's important. I mean, it's, it's so incredibly important and, and, um, finding ways where you can fill your bucket, um, is, is something to spend some, some time and some thought on. Um, and, uh, you know, the idea of, of just powering through with, with, you know, just pulling yourself up by yourself is, is just, that all can only go so far. It's a fallacy. (laughs) it, It really is. And so being, you know, humble enough to ask, ask for help, um, goes, goes a long way. And, uh, if I were to, to, to share that, that, that'd be, or share, share kind of something that's on my mind as an educator and as a person and as a leader and as somebody who deeply cares about other people and cares about kids, hopefully I, I model that and asking for, for, for help. Um, and then I, I want to, I want to encourage others to do that too, especially, especially other educators and people who work with kids who, who, uh, who need those outlets as well. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Sanders, I can't, can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, this has been an interview episode of the keep going podcast. Um, Dr. Sanders, keep going. You keep going too, Luke. Appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you.